0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 271 on Tuesday, the 20th of August, 2019. Hello, I'm Alan.
1: Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where Ford break out their game controllers, we'll be talking about how jokes are not for every audience. We'll also be asking if the roads will be plain sailing this weekend. And we chat about the UK's travelling habits. But we go into a bit of sort of-ish follow-up, I think only because we mentioned it last week. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit weird. But Porsche's Type 64 was at auction in uh, Monterey over the weekend. I think it was the weekend, wasn't it? And the yeah. expectation was it was going to fetch $20 million at this Sotheby auction. And there was a, oh, let's be polite, glitch during the bidding. <laughs> now, that's
0: now you've just said that in a really sarcastic way. and. Actually, if I watched the video back and the chat does start it at thirteen million dollars and then say whatever it was to fourteen million or 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 whatever um, and he says teen and somebody keeps changing the numbers so that it goes thirty million forty million fifty million sixty million and then it gets to seventy million that 's seven zero million and obviously at this point. Someone's nudging him on the back, and he looks up at the screen, and he sees that it says seventy, not seventeen. <laughs> so then there is some confusion in the auction room, and then there's lots of people start booing and hissing and, and getting really quite uppity because it's not these massive numbers that they were they thought it was. It was it was only seventeen million dollars. That
1: it had reached, yeah. I don't understand the, the, the booing. I, I don't
0: understand the booing in the, the walking out, and people go, Well, this is it, this is this is terrible, this is this is unbelievably
1: awful. Well, that somebody misheard something because the room yeah. was noisy and everything else, and the and the gut, go- yeah. you know, it's just uh, the acoustics probably wouldn't be ace there anyway.
0: No, it was like a hotel sort of suite thing, you know what I mean. Um kind of wedding event suite type setup with those, you know, those awful chairs, which you really yeah. aren't comfortable with the yeah. kind of rectangular bars.
1: Yes. And at some point, some people were questioning, Oh, was this supposed to be a joke? Was I don't this, think it this? was. And Sotheby's have actually released a statement they make it clear that increments were, as Alan explained, increments were mistakenly overheard and displayed on the screen, causing unfortunate confusion in the room. This was in no way a joke or prank on behalf of anyone at RM Sotherby's, rather mm-hmm. an unfortunate misunderstanding amplified by excitement in the room. The auction was yeah. not cancelled, the car reached a high bid of seventeen million dollars. Yeah. And didn't sell at seventeen million. Which is still a lot lot of
0: money. <laughs> yeah. That's it's still a lot of money for an important vehicle. Yeah, but people are getting a bit peevy. I think I'm going to be polite. It's another word with "p" that I want to use.
1: I, I think they didn't didn't have enough to get worried about.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, general comments about the whole week, though, were that numbers weren't where people felt they should be. Uh, possibly, people who were selling weren't selling for as much as they thought, or, or simply not selling as a result.
1: Well, yeah, but on on that front, there's another mm. article we've got linked here from Classic and Sports Car, yeah, and it's the McLaren F1. Uh, let me just get this correct, otherwise the people who know things will leap down the.
0: It's one of two LMs that had been uprated to GTR specification
1: by the factory. It's an LM specification. Is the is the actual is it- full. Term and that's a hell of a badge across the back. Uh, yeah, no, there isn't. That adds weight. Yeah, <laughs> and this was expected to sell for between twenty one and twenty three million dollars, and eventually sold for nineteen point eight million. So you know, just reinforcing your uh, what you've seen to- about people saying, well, actually, the money wasn't as strong as everyone expected. And this just underlines that a little bit. Yeah,
0: but off, often guide prices are a bit high to try and get people to, you know, bid higher. The people who choose the guide prices are the people who get paid for selling the car, for, they get paid more yes. money for selling the car for more. <laughs> so, you know, there is a certain amount of self interest in these prices. Um, I don't think that's too unfair a thing to say. No, no. <laughs> The other thing is, of course, you know, last week there were significant drops on Wall Street as well. 800-point drop in one day at one point. So so maybe the money isn't where. The the thing about what I've just said, though, is that that doesn't necessarily make sense. Because then at that point, you start to put your money into something that's physical and not into stocks and shares. So, in fact, if you're following that through, there is one argument which says, well, you'd expect the prices to go up. Because everybody wants to get their money into something which they can have and hold and hide away and, and just generally be gits about owning
1: yeah but the, but what this actually meant was that this is the most expensive mclaren f1 out there now isn't it gorgeous though? it doesn't it, it look fantastic it does look brilliant it, that silvery gray yeah gray but with silver. the
0: light interior <laughs> yeah and the five spokes uh, mm. and and the wing and the lm wing i I know it should all be natural, but I I like the LM wing and and that splitter as well. It's just a wonderful, wonderful looking car.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Right. Okay. We need to go and speak to our French correspondent because something that's happened in that there France has turned out Mm. to not be as uh, superb as people were hoping.
0: Well, we talked about this uh, years ago now, actually, but in France, the they built – I'm trying to work out who it was that built it. It was the French government invested 5 million euros in it anyway, into this Route Solaire. It's the Colais Construction Group, or
1: C-O-L-A-S. So if they're French, I presume you Colas. It.
0: Colas. Okay. Colas is actually – yeah. Uh, you see them here as well. Um It's a 0.6-mile stretch of road, so it'll be about a
1: kilometre then. Paved in <laughs> – we're not allowed to use those things, those type of measurements. You know, that. yes, it's, it's Normandy,
0: Toureau-au-Perche, somewhere around there. Uh, and they built this kilometer long piece of road, which contained 2,800 photovoltaic cells, cost 4.6 million pounds, and was expected to generate as much as 790 kilowatt hours per day. But it didn't. And it didn't because stuff lands on roads. There's dirt, there's leaves, there's grit, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Which hadn't been accounted for.
0: She hadn't been accounted for, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody'd got a I mean, It might get a bit dirty i right down, yeah. Snow. Pff, maybe you, girls don't else in Paris, so it'll be fine in Normandy, yeah.
1: Well, it, it wasn't just it wasn't just that as well, though. But it was the amount of sun days that the area has. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like they stuck it in the south of France or
0: somewhere. No, no, it's it's not as if they built it outside Toulouse or they built it, you know, right down south. We're talking Normandy, so that's so for those of you who don't really know France, you know, on the sort of left hand side there's a bit of points point that sticks out yeah that's normandy the upper part of that is normandy um uh up towards cherbourg and stuff and yeah it's it's not that far south it's not particularly sunny area and stuff like the silica the resin surface couldn't withstand the weight of 44 tonnes. There wasn't enough sun. It, the road got dirty. Basically, it's been a catastrophic disaster. Oh, and it was really noisy yeah, too. Exactly. So they had to drop the speed <laughs> limit because local residents complained about the amount of noise from this. Just, just no.
1: Oh, but uh, 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 the, my favourite quote though. Have Have you seen the the best quote? Is which
0: which one is it? The very last one in the article, yes, or the one before? Yeah,
1: yeah. The, from from the construction group, he said, "Our system is not mature for interurban traffic. If they really <laughs> want this to work, they should first stop cars driving on it." No, no.
0: It's two. Those are two different quotations. Yes. Sorry, the first one is from Kula. The second one is is someone called Mark. Uh, Jedliska, I'm going to guess, who's the Vice President of the Network for Energetic Transition. What the term. And his line was, if they really want this to work, they should first stop driving cars on it. And one of the other problems, of course, is that normally when you build a solar array for energy generation on a roof, anyway, then you tilt the panels towards the sun and they get just that more direct sunlight, more energy. Uh, of course, you can't really do that on the road, can you? Otherwise, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> the weirdest Canberra settings ever. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, yeah, not a success.
1: No, it's it doesn't seem to have uh, attained the major key metrics they wished to uh, to tick off. <laughs>
0: an, an amusing news story for us, but I'm not sure it's five million euros worth of amusing.
1: Yeah, that's that's somebody walking around with four and a half million in their back pocket. Is
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> they have a nice holiday villa now somewhere sunny,
0: or a what, or a, a quarter of a McLaren F one? Yeah, yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, moving on. Um, Highways England—they're going to help us all out this weekend. The last bank holiday before Christmas. I've said the C word. I'm terribly sorry.
0: Get out. <laughs>
1: But uh, the heck are you doing that that, for? No, I'm not. That is nothing. Siri says you're just
0: trying to help.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Siri knows best. (laughs) But that is a fact. I I am not counting down how many sleeps till then. Don't worry. Get on with it and stop digging. But highways England is going to remove 480 miles of roadworks over the bank holiday weekend which means that 97% of the road network will be free of roadworks, apparently. But 3%
0: will be covered in roadworks. They will be
1: roadworks from hell. They will just be roadworks. They will just have cones on them. No one can get through them. But this is for motorways and A-roads. As ever, though, we are being warned because this is expected to be one of the busiest, if not, I think it's probably second after Christmas, rush for travel uh, for uh, traffic on the roads but they probably uh, is yes they are expecting the typical roads like the a30 the m5 the a303 the m25 the m6 the m40 and the m1 to be pretty busy as in awful
0: <laughs> okay it's good so plenty plenty more reasons for me not to go anywhere on a bank holiday no, which stay at home or cycle normal locally. approach Yes, I think
1: that's going to be the plan, to be honest. Well, talking of motorways, Ooh, oh, sorry, go I was ahead. To, before
0: we got onto that, sorry, I was going to say there's a point in this. There's a, a link to the story of Motor Research here about it, uh, and one of the things it's pointing out is breakdowns are too common. I don't know if you guys have seen. Have you seen there's an advert? It keeps. If you use Instagram, then you see it about every third post, and okay. it's where everyone gets onto an aeroplane and the pilot starts where you would normally expect the kind of safety check bit to be. And he goes, well, I've had a bit of a walk around and none of the warning lights are on yet and and all these kind of, uh, uh, you know, have come on yet. So we should be good to go. I think we'll make it. Uh, cue everyone standing up on the plane leaving. And it points out that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want it if you got on an aeroplane and nobody bothered with any safety checks or to make sure stuff was maintained. Uh, and you really shouldn't do the same with a car. It's quite a good... It is good and quite cleverly done little advert. Uh, but, you know, do please check oil, water, etc. Uh, and then not ending up getting stopped in the 3% of the roads that are covered in roadworks.
1: And basically making everyone hate you. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right, talking to motorways, though, Alan. The, yes. uh, you've got the next oh, bit. Yes, this next one's door. trucks, so it's all about me.
0: Uh, the, yeah, <laughs> and the M1 as well. Uh, and this is... Uh, uh, they do this quite, they do this about annually, actually. Highways agency gets hold of a little bunch of, uh, gets hold of a bunch of rather strangely specified tractor units. Uh, so that's the front part of an articulated truck. For those of you who don't know what I mean when I talk about tractor unit, uh, and policemen ride in them and they catch truckers doing all the things that truckers shouldn't do, like watching telly and texting, using a smartphone, not wearing the seatbelts, because normally they can get away with it because nobody can see. And it's a really, really good. It's a good idea. It, it's very, very effective, actually. Well, it's what we've um, talked
1: about, isn't it? Is it? It's if the if the police are seen to be doing, you know, are visible. and I know these are unmarked. Well, they're not. Cabs. These are unmarked. No, no. But what <laughs> I mean is, it, it passes on the, the, you know, the the truckers jungle drums quickly that there are That's, cabs out there that have got police in them. So behave yourselves. So therefore, people. Yeah amend the way they they act and they take a little look at themselves and go crikey i shouldn't be doing that etc you know they've lapsed into bad habits perhaps um so it just just does that so it's what we what we keep saying about you know if we could have more police on the roads and fewer cameras yes less cameras more people then this would this is the sort of knock-on effect we would expect and Mm -hmm. hope to see
0: yeah, they claim that during the, they, they had a week of doing this really intensively on the M1. At the minute, there's 20 something miles of 50 zone on the M1 and it is quite tedious. And, and of course, that's when people start going, Oh, well, I'm sitting here at 50. I'll just check the phones. But they reckon there was a significant and notable drop from 90 to 64 collisions in, involving trucks.
1: That was 90 the week before what we don't 90 the week know before. Though, and, and, and- as what else all, was happening pointed. in context, yes. blah, 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 well, blah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a weird set pair of stats. Very impressive stat. However, if we're going to be rigorous about these things, we need to know more detail.
0: Yes, that that's true. Uh, one of the things that they do, they do have, uh, they do have, uh, blues and twos and they are de-restricted as well. So they can actually catch up with people and not be limited to 90 kilometers an
1: Because this was, uh, they also was it said, said in this article, again, Merchant research, um, this week we are not sponsored by Merchant Research, but if Merchant Research want to have a word with us, we are quite happy to chat with them. Um, we know but- <laughs> that they'll have a word with us
0: they want. Yeah,
1: but they were saying that they were able to pick up car and van people as well because they were from a different angle. Yeah, and they saw more, particularly lack of seatbelts, mm-hmm. or as well as careless driving and that sort of have
0: stuff. Have you ever gone any any distance in the cab of a truck? Yes, yes, because it really you do get a completely different perspective
1: on stuff oh absolutely yeah it's 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 really i i've done it once and i find it i found it eye-opening and scary in Um, in equal measures yeah
0: yeah Yeah, it's true it it works both ways yeah oh yes my favorite one of my favorite how did you end up with this one
1: (sighs) it's your fault because you went and dug this one out uh the ultra low emission zone in london now this has been in place since April this year, and since then, it is reported that around 130,000 drivers have been fined £80 for failing to pay the £12.50 daily charge. Now, This is the reason it exists, it, isn't it? Well, well let's, get there. let's oh, get there. Oh, did I say don't, that? Oh. Don't take the punchline yet, or the question that that, that we have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't pay within seven days, that goes up to 160. Mm. Apparently, seven days, seven days. So it's not Flipping your 14, egg. and it's not your 20 days, or it's not like car parks or anything like that. They are. So, That's... furthering on that point you just touched on briefly, we'll, we'll just just wait for I hadn't the. I haven't read that. Bit let's wait this. for yeah. the um, punchline. Transport for London, so far on penalties, has earned. 26 million pounds. <laughs> 26 heck. million pounds. Now, again, I feel we need to say this clean air is good. We need cleaner air, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. However, this does absolutely nothing, nothing to. Make those who question the whole system and why it was put in place hmm. stop questioning it, no. and and stop with the original thing, which was, well, this is another tax, isn't it? Now, yeah. just counterpoint to that, and I know it's me who's going to be saying the counterpoint here, so this, is, you know, everyone strap in a bit. But if you paid your fine or even paid the charge they wouldn't have 26 million pounds. Million pounds in penalties. Exactly. And that, that's
0: a really valid point. It's curious because I, um, to give a, a a comparison to this, so you know how a little while ago they changed the dart charge so that it used to be that you had to have the appropriate amount in cash, which mm. caught me out once. Didn't take any form of cards, not not contactless, not debit, not anything you had to have it in cash, but they did accept euros. Thankfully, that day. And But earlier on in the year, I was coming back through with uh, the Hyundai press car I had, and I forgot to pay the Dart charge by midnight the following night. Completely skipped my mind, because my own cars... So you had 24 hours? Well, 24 and a No, you get more than 24. You get however much is left in your day, plus, plus, plus until midnight the next night, to pay by phone or, or interweb or phone, yeah, but you can dial them up and stuff, which isn't normally an issue because my own cars, because I know what a gormless sod I am, I uh, <laughs> I actually have an account, which costs me nothing, but it means I drive over, recognize the number plate, bills me, sends me an email receipt, and I don't even have to think about it, and that doesn't help, you see, because if you're used to doing that, it just goes out of your mind. Yeah. So, But this was the first time that that particular car, that particular registration plate had had forgotten to pay the dart charge. So instead of immediately being hammered with a fine, got a nice email saying, we notice about a week later or something saying, we notice you haven't paid the charge yet. This is the only time we'll ever do it. But if you pay within the next three days, then we won't levy a fine. It'll just be the actual charge. And I thought that that was a jolly decent way of doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to forget it. And you're not going to be angry with them because no, because it's like, a, oh, I just forgot. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. You've done me a favour, and now there is a positive feeling towards mm-hmm. that crossing and the way they're doing it.
0: I think the last time I forgot, then then they a car manufacturer actually stomped up the charge for me. Oops! Oh, dear.
1: these yes. motoring journalists. They are just I know the they're life the worst illegal. bunch
0: of ruddy freeloaders
1: quick where's the jalopnik uh i know
0: <laughs> full disclosure yes that's it <laughs> at one point they paid my dark charge fine yes <laughs> uh
1: oh well, yeah never so mind. i mean the, the the real message is find out if your car is exempt or not if it isn't pay the daily charge therefore you don't get the 80 pound fine and if you get the fine pay it within 7 days or it's 160 quid and then we just remove 26 million pounds in 6 months from uh, transport for london's budget which is i bet if we looked behind closed doors they have a certain amount allocated to unexpected income or not income we no, can declare Chloe. we're expecting and
0: a certain cut will no doubt go to the service provider. Mm. I don't know who is who is. But I wonder who is behind it. It'll be one of the big usual service bunch, yep. Crapito or someone. Yep. Not necessarily. Other service providers are available mm. for a fee. <laughs>
1: Anyway, speaking of service... Yeah, services and data. Come on.
0: So, there's a story on Forbes. You can choose what whatever pinch of salt you want with that. but And it's uh, saying that cyclists are faster in cities than cars and motorbikes. And rather than us just going, yeah, of course, duh, uh, this is being backed up by data from Deliveroo, who, of course, are a delivery company that relies on... Uh, cyclists mostly uh, running you over on the pavement data from the rider's phones being used to compare with, with cars and buses and all these kind of things to show how much faster they are. It's not really a surprise to anyone. I I don't think Um, cyclists are even, can even be quicker than than scooters.
1: Yes. Yes. Depending on routes and how law abiding they are.
0: Well, that, that is, that is the kicker. I think that anyone who has walked around London in the last little while, Will be familiar with the feeling of being almost splatted uh, by a cyclist with a Deliveroo, or indeed a an Uber Eats or a Just Eat branded cube uh, on their backs. Yeah, it's not fair to just single out Deliveroo from that, but yeah. So legality of routes being taken by cyclists and you know actually stopping at pedestrian crossings and all these kind of things uh, does does come into it. But bikes are quick.
1: Yes, they are. They are. I mean, Mm -hmm. if the area is safe in which to travel by bicycle, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of journeys. Yes. And clean air.
0: And people have been measuring all this kind of stuff, haven't they? Because the National Travel Survey results are in.
1: Yeah, every year the Department for Transport produces the uh, stats for how we get around england is primarily the one that they've been focusing on but it gives an indication of how people get around throughout the uk uh-huh. and we've now got the figures for 2018 thanks to uh, daniel puddicom for throwing this my way because i had missed it
0: yeah if you like graphs and uh pie charts and stuff then this will this is like a wet dream for people who are into that kind of thing? It's like <laughs> even the summary is seven pages of densely packed graphs and infographics and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, it's actually really interesting.
1: It is interesting to how much how much we actually how many trips we make on average, uh, how far mm. we go in those trips, um, because uh-huh. I mean, just for a quick one, they break it down into genders as well. So it's things like males travelled three hundred nine hundred and fifty six on average whereas females tra- uh, travelled 1,016, but men travelled uh, 6,990 miles, whereas women only travelled 6,082. So that's the sort of thing you'd expect, I suppose, on that that side of things. But the car is obviously predominantly the mode of transport. In Especially when it comes
0: country. to business. Yes. 75% of business trips made by car and van, 9% by walking, and 6% by surface rail.
1: I would Someone like me, real you combine a
0: load of those. I would have expected real to be higher. That's what's most curious about that. But then it—it's a business trip as opposed to commuting, you see. Um,
1: yeah, I guess
0: nice. I don't do many business trips to London. I don't really commute, you see.
1: No, there's going to be links in the show notes, like we said. Whilst one can get one get lost in infographics, it is actually quite interesting to hmm. to see how it's broken down and just see how. We both individually pan out against these figures.
0: I really, I hit all sorts of weird bits in mine.
1: Yeah, I'm, I think I'm uh, an extreme at the other end.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Because of lack of. Tra- <laughs> travel like you know, he doesn't get out much but it's like frequency of international flights number of flights abroad uh eight percent of people take four or more okay well that, that's me then it's domestic air as a share of long trips you see and i don't really do many domestic flights i'm more likely to drive or take a train mm. in those cases yeah yeah anyway interesting yeah. stuff uh and all modes not just cars all, all different modes. Yep. So do the seven page summary is, is, is well worth a look. And if that whets your appetite, then plunge into the full 34 pages. And it's plain English too. I love it when
1: right, it's right. Like we that. are about anyway. I'm halfway. waffling
0: when what I should really be doing is, is starting on guilt minute, the point in the show where we remind you to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth for you. If you feel it's worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button right there on the front page. If you're already a patron, thanks very much. Uh, We understand not everyone has the ability to do that kind of thing, so please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. If you've done that, then you're all wonderful. How's about accosting a friend who you think would enjoy this and telling them all about us? If for some reason you don't actually subscribe uh, to the show, uh, how about doing so for free, of course, uh, along with uh, using a podcast player, which you can get for free if you need a recommendation and do get in touch by any of the ways that we'll mention at the end of the show. But that will make sure that we come to you without the anxiety and worry that you might miss out on the next new show. One thing, if you have been having a little hunt for us, uh, iTunes... Uh, or oh, sorry, Apple Podcasts, has rearranged all their categories. And that's that's uh, that's caused a bit of a challenge uh, for for some of us. Um, we disappeared from automotive and appeared in leisure for a little while, uh, but that has been put back together again.
1: Okay, then, Alan, you seem to have fallen into this cliche, every every opportunity you get to. So talk to us about where the motoring journalist of today must visit if after they have taken their obligatory in the channel shot,
0: look, look, this is nothing to do with motoring journalists, okay? This is to do with people in general uh, driving across northern France. Uh, and yes, I very much resemble. Resemble the person described in paragraph four uh, of this story from Evo by Anthony Ingram, pointing out that you can't go a week without someone posting yet another picture of their current chariot in front of the old pit buildings in Reims in northern France. And yes, I, I, I felt like I'd uh, very much been in that, that, uh, that category this summer. And after the obligatory Eurotunnel carriage shot first so yes that's absolutely me i'm so so sorry but there is a reason for it and the reason that actually the the there's two for me there's two reasons but the main reason that's described by anthony here is of course that it's just a fantastic place it's it's in the middle of all these wheat fields there is this massive massive stand there are the which you don't see so many pictures of there's the pits there's the old score thing it's a step back in time and it's just really wonderful and they've been doing lots of renovation work and you keep thinking oh it looks a bit shiny now but now even the bits that looked a bit shiny a few years ago are sort of starting to have a little bit of a a, a patina uh, on them and it's just a really cool place it really is there's, it's always a chance to see some interesting stuff.
1: Well, if I ever if I ever travel over there, then I will go and visit the place and I will take pictures because I've never been.
0: Yeah, you've got to, I and mean, it's it's also a great spot to take pictures. I mean, it really is. It just it's a good spot because you're right there in front of the pits and everyone parks there. It's
1: great. Are there queues to to get your? No,
0: no, it's mostly Brits. In all honesty, it's mostly Brits. And that's what even some of the French there say. The British know all about it. The French don't bother. The French French aren't it's just not really on their awareness. The, I mean there's the other reason I stopped there is because that is a that is essentially a a GRMN fuel tank and previously was essentially a an MX five fuel tank <laughs> from Well, the MX five you could fuel how fueled in Ashford and get there and GM it's a bit different. But there's also cheap fuel at supermarket just down the road and, and, and McDonald's for a coffee and stuff. So there's <laughs> there's self interest in there too. I'm stopping about two miles away anyway. So so there's no big deal to to grab something to eat and then go and sit on the pit wall and eat it, mm. which is what I normally do. It's it's so it, it barely takes me off, off my journey, and that, that's the whole reason. That was the original reason for the stop. But yeah, it, it's great. Do go visit uh read first of all, read read Anthony the the short article in, in, in Evo, uh because he talks a bit more about it and some of the history. Uh, in there too, but do do go read that and and do go visit the pits. If if you have trouble finding them, because it's not actually that easy to find, it's not signposted at all. Then do again get in touch uh, and ask what I can do. Should really probably write some kind of guide to getting there or something, shouldn't I? Mm. Uh, that might be useful for people.
1: But I but I feel oh, I I feel whilst okay, I think cliche is a bit of a strong word. I feel there are some places that we all should go and visit. You know, there there are some yeah. there are some places that I, it is tacky as anything to go to, but there are some places you you we really should go to get an idea of where we've where sport has come from, where motoring corner of the internet has come from.
0: Yeah. So there's no, I mean, there's no gift shop, there's no cafe, there's no there's there's no anything really. It's just there, mm. and I think it's interesting in its absolute and total lack of any form of commercialization, which is brilliant. Uh, and and that you know that's one of the I think that's one of its sort of discerning features as well. Mm. And I really hope that that's 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 still the way. The website for the place, the in, if it, the French version has loads of stuff, the English version has a less than a quarter of the information that's on the French version. Sorely tempted to actually, to actually do some translation for them because, because it's such a shame. Cause there's all the history. And then the English version is like, there are some gals. They went around in, in, in the big circuit, um, which, which is, is a great, is a great loss. Cause another you know, French version is really, you know, this, yeah. and then there were these changes and then it was all of that. And there is actually a full set of, uh, there is a full audio guide that you can download in French but not in English. Uh, and I think that it would really help. Yep, probably. Sometime when I've got nothing else to do with my, my time. <laughs> it's probably worth translating the full audio guide and then, and then re-recording it. Yeah, it might be a nice thing to do, I think.
1: Yep. Anyway. Lunchtime
0: read. Lunchtime read. You've dredged one. Up. It's been sitting at the sort of bottom of the list, waiting for quite a
1: while. Yes. Yes, this is a, an old one, but significantly older one but from march this year from car magazine written by ben whitworth and he went to roof because I've, I've read further down and that's how you're supposed to pronounce roof not rough mm-hmm. as we all tend to <laughs> so roof which i would never have picked uh, <laughs> it talks about going to visit the place the history of the company from the very beginning and some of the key moments like the well more more than famous yellow bird <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a absolutely stunning video right at the bottom of the fascination at Nürburgring CTR roof but that's the i mean that's the classic that's yeah. that's how i
0: that's that's how I heard of them, uh, and then you know that was that was sort of underlined by the fact that they were included in the very first Gran Turismo.
1: Yes, because Porsche would not.
0: <laughs> no, well the licensing deal that meant that they were only in, um, uh, oh, uh, test drive originally, and I think it was Need for Speed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took took them a while to get out of that to then get into the mainstream games.
0: Yeah, um, I did. Yeah,
1: out there. So uh, it's a it's a cracking read. It's it's fascinating because I didn't know that much about the company other than they made Porsches really fast and had lots of mm. wings on them, that sort of thing. But there there is a smidgen more to it than that. Yeah. There is a b there is a touch of finesse. It's not just drive through Halfords and come out the other side.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I came across a collection of these not so long ago. All right. Believe it or not, yes.
1: Right, so that the link to that will be in the show notes as ever, and uh, as ever is as, as it's our lunchtime read. Then we strongly, strongly advise you to click on that link.
0: Yes, uh, and then the link to the YouTube video as well, because I haven't watched that for a while, but it's it's quite something. Yes, bear in mind it's a road car, and people just turned up. Yeah,
1: yeah, we were all amazed last year at the was it the nine one nine hybrid? Yeah. And, and then skill. of course we
0: were amazed again by the Volkswagen E thingy.
1: Yeah, so watch this and actually be properly amazed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> black slip yeah, on shoes. It, <laughs> black slip on shoes, nearly no ground effects. Yeah, none of no that. Race
1: stuff. suit, no helmet.
0: <laughs> no, no,
1: no, I've driven to the. I've driven to the track in my car. I am going to drive it round and I'll drive it home again.
0: It's it's up there with climb dance, guys. Up there. If you haven't seen that, then then it's uh, it's it's up there with climb dance. Mm. Definitely.
1: Right, list of the week.
0: A list of the week is a massive one. A massive
1: gaping list of the week. From a massive named person.
0: Yes, from from, uh, from Major Gav, Gavin Braithwaite-Smith, again, Motoring Research. And it is the biggest car front grills. This was inspired by the launch of the new Bentley Continental, whatever, with its massive grill that almost subsumes the, the headlamps. And it's it's a long one, long list.
1: Do you know that Grills Perspex, by the way?
0: On what? On that? Yeah, well, it must be to get yeah, the light to come through and in that way. The
1: EXP One Hundred GT Vision of the Future, the
0: future. It is a concept. So let's face it you you wouldn't have that in real life. It would all go very misty very quickly.
1: Mm. Bit disappointing that it was Perspex. Though. Bit
0: disappointing that it exists, but the, never mind. There,
1: there is that, but
0: <laughs> yeah. So so there are some crackers in here, and and, and you know, crackers, naturally, you scary. <laughs> fucking horrific, uh, but you know you can start predictably with the BMW Seven Series and its massive. I don't know; it just always looks like it's been photoshopped and increased by twenty five percent.
1: You know, awful. it could have been the Seven Series, or it could have been the X Seven, couldn't it, or whatever that. Oh, well,
0: yes, yes, but it's best not to think of the X Seven as a as a vehicle and more a rather mobile building.
1: Actually, on that front, I saw a tweet. The other day where somebody got their kid to stand in front
0: of. <laughs> did you, i saw that yeah and, and the fact like, that the top of the grill is at head height of the 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 what seven year old kid seven-year-old or something
1: old kid and then they showed a i can't remember what car it was and it showed that it was more sort of stomach height yeah and you just thought pedestrian safety unless unless you're just actually catching them from keeping going, and that's that's not going to hurt them because they've yes. got nowhere to you go. Just suck them in, and they they get
0: caught like a like a large like a large bee. They get caught in the grill, and sort of have to flap their <laughs> flap their arms until you stop, and hopefully pick them out of it. Yeah, no, uh, but there's there's some in here which are really quite attractive because I I've never thought the AMG GTR, for example. So that's the one that sort of replaced the SLS, mm. which I think is a wonderful looking car. I don't have a problem with the size of that grille at all.
1: Mm-mm. Well, I, I, I want my sports car to look aggressive, yeah. And I think that I think that combines it well. Um, it looks superb in that green as well. But that's that's not the point of the article.
0: Yeah, it, it looks all right in that green. I don't know that I'd choose that. There's other very nice colours too. But yeah, there's there's all sorts of things. The Rover P5 is in there. The Else am I trying to choose here? Oh, there's some pretty grim stuff. Genesis G90 always looks all right, and of course Rolls Royce are in here too. But there's other stuff like the, Do- the original Dodge Caravan. Aunt and uncle in Canada had one of those, uh, and yeah, Kia Telluride and all these kind of massive SUV things.
1: It's an interesting list. It's it's worth a worth a little look. Toyota and Lexus seem to make quite a lot of <laughs> appearances.
0: Oh, well, they do. How many instances are one, two? Scroll, 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 scroll. scroll. The three. the Corolla does as well, which I don't have a problem with the Corolla. No, well,
1: we were saying this last. I was saying this last week that I think is that
0: three yeah. or four. I'm at now. Uh, oh, the Yaris that's in here, by the way, is the U.S. <laughs> North American market one, which looks like a catfish uh and i say that you know With love. obviously <laughs> well not really i think it's pretty hideous and and the thing is that all it is, is a rebumpered mazda 2 which is a lovely looking little car even in saloon form
1: so there you are lady, je- ladies and gentlemen he's managed to get toyota and yaris in the same sentence drink
0: and mazda by the way that's i think that's probably what you meant yes sorry yes there you go if you're going to be offensive at least be vaguely of it oh and the toyota passo which is yeah Mm, yes, they get a fair, fair old count in there, don't they? <laughs> yeah. But Mercedes don't do too great either, because no. I mean, there's, a, there's the Vision Tokyo, it's the one that off. looks like a bar of salt. It's just, just grim. It's just, just really grim. I'd rather many of the pickup trucks, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. There we go. Yep, not a bad list, that. Well done, Discussable. I can't think of anything else that should be added to it, really. And I don't really think of any that should be taken away, so... No,
1: more to the point. Mm.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. No, oh, fair and long ways. Anyway, what's on our, And finally this week, sir. Uh,
1: and finally, a friend of the show, Ian Seabrook, uh, is back in Blighty after his epic European travels, which... Has looked an absolute hoot. It, it has looked. Brilliant. It did. It
0: looked an absolutely knackering hoot. Yes. As Someone who does travel quite a lot. It was that was a knackering amount well, of stuff.
1: To say as somebody who did the UK in six days, that was tiring enough. Let alone hmm. Europe, because there was very little stopping by Ian. It was on to the next thing. But I am. I am so happy he's shared that with us all and given us the opportunity to see it because it's just been brilliant but uh he was at the chelsea walsh Walsh, uh, retro rides gathering the weekend and as of tonight there are two videos but when i selected this Hmm. first of all this was his event report which is 40 odd minutes long and is excellent
0: 42 minutes which i i was watching last night i thought oh i should probably go to my bed Uh, I started off with Oh, I won't watch all of that. I'll watch maybe twenty minutes and then I thought oh, I must be about twenty minutes in and I looked and I was forty of forty two minutes I was just like, nah, I'll just wait till the end then. <laughs> so you know it 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 doesn't it sounds like lots, but it really isn't it really isn't it could be much, much longer.
1: Yeah, it's 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 excellent stuff. Anyone who's watched any of Ian's stuff will know the style in which it is presented and that makes it all the better as far as I'm concerned. It's got a, a wonderful honest charm to it. Uh, which I really appreciate. It makes me feel as though I'm there with him. So hmm. it's just... It's just much uh, better uh, now. You
0: don't wobble up and down as much, though.
1: Yes. <laughs> so that is our and finally.
0: It is. It is. Uh, now, um, my plan as soon as we're finished recording, well, uh, is is to go off and watch the second one, which is him going up the hill in Tuck. So it's probably not going to be very long. So, well, it might be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, anyway, uh, any parish notes this week? Nope. None. No. No. Uh, and that means that I can't find the right thing to click on. Uh, but <laughs> so I can remind you uh, to not forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts of the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, Don't forget our Patreon offer, uh, available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. Please leave a reviewer rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. As I say every single week, it really does matter. It does. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people want to get in touch with you and perhaps... Get that inside information on how to find the old track in northern France. What's the best way for them to do that? The
0: Twitter, as always. Um, where I'm at AJPBradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back next week. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.